Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Bodhidharma's wake-up sermon. The sutras say, not to let go of wisdom is stupidity. When the mind doesn't exist, understanding and not understanding are both true. When the mind exists, understanding and not understanding are both false. When you understand, reality depends on you. When you don't understand, you depend on reality. When reality depends on you, that which isn't real becomes real. When you depend on reality, that which is real becomes false. When you depend on reality, everything is false. When reality depends on you, everything is true. Thus, the sage doesn't use her mind to look for reality or reality to look for her mind or her mind to look for her mind or reality to look for reality. Her mind doesn't, doesn't give rise to reality and reality doesn't give rise to her mind. And because both her mind and reality are still, she's always in samadhi. When the mortal mind appears, Buddhahood disappears. When the mortal mind disappears, Buddhahood appears. When the mind appears, reality disappears. When the mind disappears, reality appears. Whoever knows that nothing depends on anything has found the way. And whoever knows that the mind depends on nothing is always at the place of enlightenment. Someone who seeks the way doesn't look beyond herself. She knows that the mind is the way. But when she finds the way, she finds nothing. If you think you can use the mind to find the way, you're deluded. When you're deluded, Buddhahood exists. When you're aware, it doesn't exist. This is because awareness is Buddhahood. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope 
wherever you find yourself right now is as wonderful and beautiful as Westerly Rhode Island right now. You can see the sun streaming in through the window behind me. What you can't see through the window is the riot of color going on in my backyard with the maple trees and oak trees and sarsaparilla trees and bamboo vying each against the other to be more resplendent. Truly a beautiful, beautiful autumn day. And I wanted to wish everyone a happy, almost Halloween. One of my favorite times of year. The <clears throat> coffee mug that I'm using is appropriate to the season. It's said, or at least was said at the time that I was a resident in the monastery, that there is a ghost or at least one ghost, maybe more, living in the Beecher house. I thought once that I might have heard some activity that could only be explained by a ghost. And here at my own house, we joke around quite a bit, but we're under the impression that there's at least one ghost in our house as well. Whether you believe in ghosts or you don't believe in ghosts, some things are not easily explained. And that fits rather well with the portion of Bodhidharma's wake-up sermon that I'll be talking about today. The first sentence of the section that I'll be covering is unusually blunt. I don't know which sutra he's quoting, but he says, the sutras say not to let go of wisdom is stupidity. Not to let go of wisdom is stupidity. When I was reading that and wondering what I should say about it, um, I heard Shinge Roshi's wonderful Taisho yesterday on the seventh ox herding picture, the ox forgotten the man remains. The ox forgotten. Wisdom let go. If you don't let go of wisdom, it becomes just another possession, just another trinket for your collection 
another way of saying, look at me and how wise I am. Another way of placing yourself before others. Another way of placing another head on top of your own head. Not to let go of wisdom is stupidity. There are all sorts of wise sayings, concepts, teachings in the Zen tradition. So much richness, so many koans, sutras, dharma texts, so many teishos, so many precepts and paramitas, And if you hold on to them, they all devolve into blah, 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 blah. If you embrace them, and take them in, You also have to let them go and let them out. To hold on to them is to kill them and to kill some portion of yourself. Not to let go of wisdom is stupidity. to hold on to teachings of being and non-being is sterility. When the mind doesn't exist, understanding and not understanding are both true. So what does he mean when the mind doesn't exist? The Diamond Sutra tells us in many different ways, in many different places in the Sutra, that the Bodhisattva has to relinquish the idea of a separate self, the idea of an ego entity, an individual, to let that go. When you let that go, the mind doesn't exist. 
the mind becomes clear, like space or like a mirror. And the great reflecting wisdom, the mirror wisdom remains, reflecting whoever and whatever comes before it. In this great reflecting mirror, understanding and not understanding are both true. They're both indivisible. When the mind exists, it's like a crack in the mirror or the mirror shattered. And nothing is reflected simply as it is. Everything is refracted, changed, rearranged. When the mind of duality exists, when the mind of this is my mind, these are my opinions, this is my wisdom, when this mind exists, understanding and not understanding are both false. They are shattered, refracted in a way that can no longer be thought of as true. When you understand reality depends on you. When you understand reality depends on you. In the Dhammapada, the very first chapter of the Dhammapada expresses this idea. Our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Suffering follows an evil thought as the wheels of a cart follow the oxen that draw it. Our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Joy follows a pure thought like a shadow that never leaves. He was angry with me. He attacked me, he defeated me, he robbed me. Those who dwell on such thoughts will never be free from hatred. He was angry with me. He attacked me. He defeated me. He robbed me. Those who do not dwell on such thoughts will surely become free 
from hatred. When you understand this simple reality, you know that reality depends on you. Your thoughts shape the world to hold on to anger, to hold on to fear, to hold on to ignorance, creates a world of anger, fear, and ignorance. When you understand and no longer hold on to such thoughts, reality depends on you. When you don't understand, you depend on reality. When you don't understand, you are a prisoner. You are trapped in this world that you've created because you think, you perceive that the world is out there and I am in here. The world has created all of these problems. The world has trapped me. But honestly, you've trapped yourself. When you depend on reality, that which is real becomes false. That which is real becomes false. We see this very much in the use of propaganda. in which human beings become enemies. Become objects of suspicion and hatred. When you no longer understand that we create the world, that our thoughts matter, that our intentions matter, all sorts of real things become false.
become phantoms. When you depend on reality, everything is false. When reality depends on you, everything is true. Thus the sage doesn't use her mind to look for reality or reality to look for her mind or her mind to look for her mind or reality to look for reality. Her mind doesn't give rise to reality and reality doesn't give rise to her mind. And because both her mind and reality are still, she's always in samadhi. Because both her mind and reality are still, she's always in samadhi. She's always nowhere but right here. Similar ideas are voiced by Sosanganchi Zenji, Bodhidharma's Dharma grandson the third Chinese patriarch. Be serene in the oneness of things. And dualism vanishes by itself. Don't use your mind to look for reality. No matter how much you think about it, parse it, analyze it, dissect it, you won't find reality there. And don't use reality to look for your mind, no matter how much you understand about the function of the brain and neurotransmitters and the mind-body connection or the mind-spirit connection. None of that is going to bring you any closer to reality. Not that it's a useless exercise. It may have some very useful byproducts. But dualism does not solve the problem of dualism. Be serene in the oneness of things. When the mind doesn't exist, 
Understanding and not understanding are both true. Just be able and willing to reflect what is truly there. When you strive to gain quiescence by stopping motion, the quiescence thus gained is ever in motion. As long as you linger in the dualism, how can you realize oneness? If you use your mind to look for reality or reality to look for your mind, or your mind to look for your mind, or reality to look for reality, you'll never get any closer. You'll always be seeking, searching. And the seeking and the searching may be necessary. This may be the way we work as human beings, as creatures who live in a dualistic construction of reality. The only way to get beyond may be to bring ourselves to a boiling point, bring ourselves to a point where we recognize that it just hasn't done any good and we give up. And we trust, trust the mind, not the dualistic mind, but the mind that is beyond dualism. The mind of God, if you like, or your original nature, if you like. And when both the mind and reality are still, then we experience samadhi. And I imagine that most people on the second day of session have experienced samadhi more than once, perhaps only for a few seconds at a time, perhaps on the out-breath as you breathe out and you let go. It's like let, letting go of wisdom, letting go of all your thinking, all your thoughts, all your ideas, all your opinions, all your prejudices, letting go of the mind, letting go of reality and just entering stillness, 
And in that stillness is oneness, unity, samadhi. And perhaps some of us have been lucky enough to have entire periods of sitting. in wonderful samadhi. Perhaps some have been lucky enough to do this for an hour or two hours or half a day or a day or a week. When your mind and reality are both still. There is a moment of calm abiding, relying only on your own light and the light of the Dharma. When the mortal mind appears, Buddhahood disappears. I'm going to let you chew on that for a little while while I have some Halloween coffee. When the mortal mind appears, Buddhahood disappears. Bodhidharma uses this word mind in so many different ways. Sometimes it sounds like the mind of oneness, the mind of Buddha, the mind of God, the mind of non-differentiation. But when he talks about the mortal mind. I think he means the mind which keeps us mortal. The mind which is governed by birth and death, by black and white. By this and that hot and cold, all dualistic conceptions, the mortal mind. The mortal mind is not something which is the enemy. The mortal mind is what allows us to pay our bills on time, to get up in the morning to go to work, to function in society and the world, to maintain loving relationships, to maintain dharma activity, to maintain organizations like the Zen Studies Society. The mortal mind is very important and to denigrate it is 
counterproductive. But it's important to know its limitations. When the mortal mind appears, Buddhahood disappears. The mortal mind is the mind of I, me, mine. I have to do this. I believe this. I am this. And in that moment, in that moment of self-assertion, Buddhahood disappears. The awakened mind is put on the shelf. When the mortal mind disappears, Buddhahood appears. When the mortal mind disappears, you've experienced that. That's when you are sitting and on that out breath, everything disappears. And the awakened mind is all that's there. And again, perhaps you've only experienced that for one breath or 10 breaths. But that's what practice is. Buddhahood appears and the mind disappears. When the mind appears, reality disappears. When the mind disappears, reality appears. Whoever knows that nothing depends on anything has found the way. Whoever knows that nothing depends on anything has found the way. We heard in the Diamond Sutra today about the Bodhisattvas. The Bodhisattvas who practice charity without regard to form. And I thought I had the Diamond Sutra here, but I don't. So I'll just paraphrase. Bodhisattvas who practice charity without regard to form are true bodhisattvas. They know no limitations and their merit knows no bounds. The Buddha is the Buddha because the Buddha has nothing to sell. 
the Buddha tells Subhuti, anyone who says that the Buddha has a Dharma to teach slanders the Buddha. Truly, I have nothing to teach. Whoever knows that the mind depends on nothing is always at the place of enlightenment. The mind that depends on nothing. And again, you've experienced this. I'm sure you've all experienced this at some point or another. Even off of the cushion, you may have experienced it in a moment of tenderness. You may have experienced it watching the sunset and having suddenly the feeling that you are the sunset and the sunset is passing through you into the world. Or you may have experienced it feeling that the world is breathing you, that Mu is breathing you, that the universe is breathing you. That's the mind that depends on nothing. And although that experience may pass and almost certainly does pass, sometimes very quickly, that moment that can't be grasped doesn't pass. And in not trying to grasp it, that place of enlightenment endures. Someone who seeks the way doesn't look beyond herself. Of course, I've changed the pronoun in the translation and most translations, it appears as someone who seeks the way doesn't look beyond himself but the pronoun is silly either way. One who seeks the way doesn't look beyond oneself. The very first chant that we sing in the morning service, Atadipa, dwell, you are the light. Don't look 
for the light anywhere else. Dwell. That's another way of saying calm abiding, not chasing after anything. When mind and reality are still, dwell. You are the light. Someone who seeks the way doesn't look beyond herself. She knows that the mind is the way. And here again, Bodhidharma seems to be using mind in a different sense than when he says, when the mortal mind appears, Buddhahood disappears. She knows that the mind is the way, but when she finds the way, she finds nothing. Nothing, emptiness. Nothing to hold on to, nothing to grasp. As the Diamond Sutra says, past mind cannot be grasped, present mind cannot be grasped, future mind cannot be grasped. When she finds the way, she finds nothing. This can sound to some people nihilistic and cold. But when you have that moment of stillness, it's a moment of connection. It's a moment in which the alienation of the mind that exists in which understanding and not understanding are both false, drops away. It's a moment of connection. And although emptiness sounds like a void, it's really a word which is meant to include endless interdependence, interdependence, connection, When we go beyond I, me, mine, and so when you say, when Bodhidharma says, when she finds the way, she finds nothing, 
It's another way of saying she finds freedom. As Bob Dylan said, when you've got nothing, you've got nothing to lose. And she finds the way she finds nothing. If you think you can use the mind to find the way, you're deluded. When you're deluded, Buddhahood exists. It's that goal that you're chasing. It's that shiny gold ring that you can just about reach out and grasp, but it's always beyond your reach. It exists in the realm of delusion. When you're aware, it doesn't exist. This is because awareness is Buddhahood. If you're Buddha, the awakened one, if you're aware, then what are you chasing? Chasing what? Just dwell. Rest. Rest in that place where mind and reality are both still. Don't try to hold on to it. Because as Bodhidharma said, not to let go of wisdom is stupidity. Don't think that you can grasp onto it and hold it and become a clay Buddha or a stone Buddha or a wood Buddha. Be a living Buddha. Be aware, awake. Wanting nothing, depending on nothing. The mind that depends on nothing is the mind of the Buddha. You found the ox, you've tamed the ox, you've ridden the ox home, now let go of the ox. Let go of the ox, let the ox free. Forget the ox. Dwell 
and be at peace. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.